underneath the stars just a simple man and wife somewhere in the dark his words cut the silent night take my hand for the child that you carry is god's own and though it seems the road is long we're not that far from bethlehem where all our hope and joy began for in our arms we'll cherish him we're not that far from Christmases go by. Learn to live our days with our hearts near to the child. Ever drawn, ever close, ever close to the only love that lasts. And though two thousand years have passed, we're not that far from Bethlehem. We're not that far from Bethlehem. How many of you have ever heard of Lindsey Vaughn? Raise your hand. A couple of people heard of Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn is a world-class skier, and she is an Olympic champion. Uh, during Lindsey Vaughn's days of peak athletic performance, she wowed the world with her skills as a skier. Over the 15 years she completed at the highest level, she established herself as one of the Alpine skiing's all-time greats, according to the Olympic.org. She even uh, defied the pain in her knees to land bronze in the downhill, the final achievement of a truly outstanding career in which she won her country's first ever Olympic women's downhill gold medal. 
while she's now retired from taking the hills in top international competitions and said goodbye to competing with other Olympic athletes, there's no doubt that she gave it all she had when she was aiming to take home medals. Quote, I think everyone knows my mentality. Everyone knows I risk everything all the time, end quote. This is what she said back in February of 2019. Pointing out that it's the reason why she won so much, she noted, she noted it happened to be the same reason she crashed so much. Granted, the risk paid off, and she broke the record of six medals in six different world championships. Now, despite the clear passion that Vaughn has for her sport and the pride that she obviously takes in her accomplishments, it turns out that she keeps her gold medal in a rather unexpected place. Imagine that you have spent years committing yourself to a grueling training schedule in order to become good, really good at a sport. Also imagine yourself sacrificing a normal life and working through injuries in order to stay at the top of your game. Beyond that, imagine putting yourself through the nerves of battling it out in all levels of competitions until you were going up against the best of the best at an international level. If you had gone through all of that and it had paid off in the form of an Olympic gold medal, where would you keep such a hard-earned treasure? In a trophy case? Maybe a super secure vault? Or, if you're like Lindsay, you put it somewhere that's rather strange. Lindsay was interviewed by a comedian actor named Kevin Hart earlier this month, and Kevin said, Lindsay, I want to talk to you about the Olympics. Gold medal under your belt. Congrats, Major. He then asked her, where is it? It's in my sock drawer, Vaughn admitted. Kevin Hart replied, you don't feel that you need a shrine? She simply responded with no. Fair enough, but let's hope that there are at least no stinky socks in that drawer. And I asked myself this question. It seems a rather, it is a strange place to put a gold medal. I mean, it's a valuable piece of gold. I don't know how many carats, carat gold, a gold medal for the Olympics is, but it's a pretty special award. And it seems that rather strange that you would place such an award in a sock drawer. It seems like an undignified environment, doesn't it? And as I was reading the article this week, I thought about Christmas, and I thought about the Advent season, and I thought the birth of Jesus and who he is. And the undignified environment in which he was brought into this world. It seems rather strange that Jesus, the Son of God, would come into this world in an undignified environment. Maybe not a smelly sock drawer, but perhaps a, a smelly stable or stall. And the question I ask is why? Why would God do that? Well, the environment in which Jesus was brought into the world in is noted for us 
in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. So we're going to read that together. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. It's a passage that we know well. Reading from the New King James Version. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was a register for taxation purposes. This census took place, first took place, while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she wrapped forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling, uh, she brought forth her, birth for, her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. They laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now the manger is what? A feeding trough for an animal. Why a feeding trough? Jesus, the Son of God, a feeding trough. Jesus, who is able to free people imprisoned by their bad decisions. Jesus, who is able to give humanity a renewed relationship by faith in Jesus with God. Jesus, who is able to transform individual lives and communities for good. Jesus, who is able to break the power of death and offer the gift of eternal life. Jesus, the King of glory, the Son of God, is placed in a feeding trough for animals and sleeps among them. It's a strange place to put Jesus, isn't it? It's an odd place to put the Son of God. It's a crazy place to put the hope of the entire world, but that is exactly where God wants him. But why? Why the animal room? Why the feeding trough? Well, God is God, and every part of the nativity story has been carefully orchestrated by him. Nothing is an accident, and nothing is impossible for God to organize. Jesus could have been born anywhere in the world. So why was it so important that there was no rim for him in the inn? Why was it so important that he be born in a place where animals feed? Well, how about if we take that concept and flip it around? What if Jesus was born in a king's palace? What would that mean for the world? He'd certainly have had safety and privilege and access to great powers. But how would I reach him? Me, a middle-class man living in rural South Dakota. How would I reach him if he lived in a palace? 
How would any of you reach him if he was born in a palace? Would I have to wait in line to see him? Would you? Would I have to stand outside palace gates to speak with him and wait? Would you? What if Jesus was born in a nice suburban family home? What would that have meant for the world? It'd feel great to know that Jesus was like those who live in suburbs. But what would it mean to those who are down and out in the urban centers? For people who have no home. For people who have no shelter. What would a suburban birth say, would it say, that he's too good for them? For Jesus to be born in a room that was used to feed and shelter animals, for him to be placed in a feeding trough when he was born among their sweat and their dung, no one could say, that little baby is out of my reach. No one could say, he's too good for me. When God had the chance to offer a gift of hope for the whole world, he put that hope where everyone in the world could reach him. Jesus is placed in a feeding trough, a room for animals. Think about that. We just kind of read it and just, we get so familiar with the story, we just brush by it and don't really think about the significance and the significance that it may have on others and where they may be in life. Jesus, who is able to free people, is born in a manger where people can reach him. God put Jesus where Fatima could reach him. After school, like a normal 13-year-old, she would come home and do her homework. But she hated doing her homework. And all the kids said amen, right? Her favorite part of the day was being done with her homework so that she could run around in the backyard with her 11-year-old brother and play soccer. But then Fatima could not play soccer for a long period of time, not after Fatima and her brother Mohammed and her mother Manha fled Aleppo, Syria, for Lebanon. The place where Fatima and her family were forced to live didn't have a backyard. Their mother paid $140, or she pays $140 a month for rent to pay for accommodations that have no sewage, no water, no heat, just a single light bulb over their head. Fatima and her family were living together as Syrian refugees in a chicken coop. All over Lebanon today, refugees fleeing from Syria are being made to live in structures that the Lebanese people previously built for their animals. The Al-Azab family, who managed to flee Aleppo altogether, mom, dad, and eight children, the 10 of them lived together in a space 10 by 12 feet, paying $100 a month for a cow shed. After hearing these stories, it makes more sense 
why Jesus would be born among the animals. The fact that he was so communicates to you and to me and to all the world that Jesus is never out of the reach of anyone. That means the hope of the world is for everyone. Regardless of who you are, what you have been through, what your status in life is, whether you're living in a palace, whether you're living in a suburb, whether you are living in a chicken coop or a cow shed, Jesus Christ being born in an animal trough signifies that Jesus Christ is here for you and is your hope. Now, I don't know if Fatima or if the Al-Azab family know of Jesus. But if they ever hear this story, and maybe I'm sure they've heard of it, whether they believe the story that Jesus is the hope of the world, the fact that he came and was born in a stinky stall and was laid in an animal trough signifies that Jesus is not too good for them. He's not too good for any of us in that sense. Now, I hope none of us ever have to become refugees. But we should understand and know that wherever we end up, because only God knows the future, it doesn't matter how lowly you become, God has put the hope of the world in a place where you can still reach him. When you are tempted to the point of going out of your mind, as many people are today in our nation and throughout the world, God has put Jesus there in a place where you can still reach him. When you are grieving a grief you feel you cannot bear, God has put Jesus in a place where you can still reach him. God has put the hope of the world where anyone can reach him. So when we celebrate Christmas this year and you see presents underneath the tree, if you're blessed enough to have them, being mindful of the positioning of those gifts, they're underneath the tree at a place, at a level where every person can reach them. Even the little child can reach them. And when we see those gifts underneath the tree, be mindful of Jesus being born in an animal trough. The one who made the world born and placed in an animal trough. A place where every person can reach him no matter where a person is in life status, what you've been through, doesn't matter because Jesus is like those presents underneath the tree where every person, even a child, can reach him. May that be in our minds and in our hearts as we celebrate a difficult Christmas season that Jesus is in a place where you can reach him. And for that, we give thanks to God. Please pray with me.
Father, we thank you for the precious gift of your son, Jesus. It is true that we become so familiar with these stories of your birth that we just kind of run right over it. We become so familiar with it, we just, it really doesn't affect us anymore. Um, your greatness is demonstrated by your willingness to be humble, to place yourself at the very beginning of your earthly existence among the animals as if to say human beings, human society has no room for you and you are okay with that. You're going to be with the animals, telling the whole world that you're not too good as a king for us. And because you are willing to come and make yourself accessible to us, and because you were willing to come in order to die, you made it possible that we could speak with you, O king as we are right now. With all the myriad of angels around the throne room worshiping you and praising you incessantly, we join that chorus this morning, giving you thanks and praise for the wonderful gift of Jesus and the undignified environment in which you were born to show us through your own life and example the true greatness is demonstrated in the kingdom of God with humility. And we know, Lord, that you are not far from us. You are near more than we will ever realize. And it's hard to forget how close you are and how near you are, particularly with all the things that are going on in our society, in our nation, in our world today. The harsh rhetoric the selfish ambition for power. You are the most powerful being that ever was and ever, ever will be. And you manifested yourself as a little child born in an animal stall. Help us to mature. Help us to grow in our understanding and in our faith in you this season. Knowing that you are never far from us. Lord, we love you for the gift of your son, Jesus, and the manner in which he came. And we just pray, Lord, that Jesus' life and his work of the Holy Spirit in our lives will constantly remind us of your nearness to us this year, this Christmas season. And help us to be a shining light and a hope to those who do not yet know you. Help us to be a link, a person or people that you can use to draw these people closer to you. Help us to make you more accessible to people through our own lives, through our own testimony. We ask this, Lord, through the name of your Son, Jesus, and we give him thanks and praise and all the glory and honor belong to him. Amen. Our final uh, worship song this morning comes from hymn number 244, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. Jesus is not very far. Jesus is near. We can reach out to him. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. May we always be mindful of Jesus' birth in a feeding trough. Because that picture should always be a reminder to us that he is never far and always near. When we cry out to him, he will hear. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. May the Lord be with you the rest of the week.